Richard Zulu, founding partner and team principal at Outbox Uganda, is our guest for our Meet the CEO series. In this episode, he talks about why Outbox has become the launching pad for new ideas and how they're helping new and upcoming African entrepreneurs interested in using technology to build high-growth companies with workspace, mentorship and training programs. He also talks about the importance financial and technical support plays in the growth of an entrepreneur. Meet Richard Zulu, Tim Principal at Outbox Uganda. From over a thousand cities in 126 countries, Care Africa brings you the Good Morning Africa podcast. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ruth Adong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the K Financial, and you can find me at Ruth Adong. Who is Richard Zulu? A tech enthusiast, a community developer. What got you into tech? I think curiosity, if I can recall, uh, about what a computer can do. I've never looked back. I remember my first engagement was to open a Yahoo email address when I was way, way young. Someone helped me. And I just then found myself under a rabbit hole, building websites and, you know, um, managing a computer lab and... What was the motivation behind setting up Outbox? Prior to the company, I used to just bring software developers together and would just talk tech. So we'd meet, talk about how do we build on Android? And then someone would share a topic and what they've done, and then we critique and things like that. Then I wanted to take it a notch higher, and the question was, how do I use these skills that exist to have businesses running And that's how entrepreneurship came to be. And then I studied the space. I saw what was happening in Kenya. And they had built this awesome support structure in Nairobi called iHub that brings together all these techies. You know, they stop meeting at coffee shops in other people's offices. And they have a place that they call a home. And everyone finds them there and works with them there. I looked around and I said, we can do it better here. And that's how Outbox came. In the almost 12 years of Outbox's existence, you have watched the ecosystem evolve. What has that been like? It always feels like you're just getting started. <laughs> like There's so much to do. When I started Outbox, it was no one understood what we were doing. We were always misunderstood. My relatives would ask, but tell me again, what does your, what does your office do? <laughs> then you explain. I don't understand. So it's recently that people get get it. It's recently that businesses get it. And I think it always happens. I think when you're doing anything new, you'll always be misunderstood. And that's it. Because it takes time for people to buy into it. So because now every other year, there are more people buying into this vision of supporting small businesses, of using tech for that. They... People come with new challenges, new thoughts, and you have to think. So they look to Outbox as the problem solver. Outbox has had a lot of partnerships over the years. You've run projects with the World Food Program, MTN Uganda, and NSSF to mention but a few. How do you make sure you're able to run multiple projects at once and in multiple sectors? One, the team. So the team builds specialities. For the large programs, they have their own teams focused on that. Um, And then we also work with other innovation hubs. We don't work alone. We try to leverage other innovation hubs to see how we can achieve the scale that partners expect. So largely things where they scale, then there's a lot of aspects to do with how we work with others to actually deliver 
So we manage the project and, and deliver on that. So we've figured out a way and we've been at this for a while. So we know how to get started and who to talk to, who to engage. Uh, but for us, it's also validation that um, there are more actors crowding into this space and we have to make sure the experiences are good so that they don't leave. For young entrepreneurs aspiring to join the industry, are they aware of what they're getting themselves into? Some do, most don't. And that's why we're here. Um, I think the first thing is we have to make sure many more entrepreneurs know what we do for them to find this as a home, the way you go to church for your spiritual aspects, the way you go to the sports field for your physical health. You come here for your entrepreneurship nourishment. So they have to understand that this is the football pitch. I'll find a referee. I'll find a defender. They'll help me and I'll get scoring goals in terms of achieving my sales targets. So I feel we need to do more of that. It takes time. It takes time, but many more entrepreneurs understand what we do now um, and we shall create more of those. But always when you're starting, that's what makes you an entrepreneur. You're naive. So you risk, you're risky. You're just risking. And if you do the right things, you'll succeed. Um, our job is to just guide them. This is why you register. Make sure you file your taxes. Yeah, make sure you do this, so forth and so on. Why was it so important for you to develop technical and financial teams to support entrepreneurs through their journey? It is very important because you cannot be everything as an entrepreneur to your business. Um, you do not want to make the same mistakes we've seen, we've done. So it's very critical for you to kind of find out how quickly should I learn this and move. Because the cost of learning is real. You don't want to spend time learning things that you can get to learn in a day. You're spending months trying to figure it out. So that's why it's important that uh, innovation hubs uh, have a lot of um, technical expertise in-house to support the businesses that they work with. I think the more businesses justifies you having the technical experts. Are there any changes you would like to see in your industry? In my opinion, I still feel we can do more to help our tech startups and MSMEs to thrive better. I still feel the incentives for people to get started, stay started, formalize, for large entities to help the small entities are not um, enough. We have to be very, very intentional um, about creating large businesses called gazelles that other businesses can tap into. And I believe that comes with the regulatory environment. I still feel um, there's a lot that has to go into policy education for them to understand what a day is like in the life of ex-entrepreneur. Yeah, I for me... Yeah, and I feel that also affects the cost of access for the internet, for smartphones. These things are now a utility and we should treat them as such so that it's the value that they transport that we reap our income from in terms of taxes. Yeah. Is there an expansion plan for Africa? We've been called to Zambia, if I recall. Um, we just have to get ready to see how best to think of those countries. But we've had some expressions of interest from people in 
that is in the South African sphere. Yeah, I feel there's so much potential in other countries. We just have to have a good market entry plan. Where do you see Outbox in the next five years? I would say in more countries than one, supporting multiple projects than what we have now, become good at it. I see ourselves investing in businesses too. That becomes the venture investment app. We're not building one, but we feel we can partner with others who are building to put some money in some businesses. And where do you see the ecosystem in the next few years? <laughs> it's hard to tell. There's so many economic headwinds. So we've seen a lot of investors reserve cash. Some have pulled out of deals. Businesses that have raised large amounts of money for long and are loss making are being questioned. So I see us falling back to our lean Indian model of running businesses and taking money when you really need it. <laughs> Focusing on the P&L um, to really justify value before you raise large sums of money. Um, it seems the, this mode of just putting in money and burning as much as possible, uh, investors always come to collect and you've still not figured out what the market is because you've distorted the market. You've provided cashback incentives. You've done what? And you have fake users who would not have otherwise used it if you hadn't provided a huge discount. We're also seeing blending models being questioned around asset lending, motorcycles and borders. If a large part of your portfolio can't pay back, why in the business you have to pivot and rethink, right? So I see us falling back to the principles of running a business. And for me, I think um, layering a little bit of innovation in traditional models that work will definitely create the best companies. That was Richard Zulu, founding partner and team principal at Outbox Uganda. And a quick look at the markets. The market segment is powered by the Development Bank of Rwanda. We empower you. The benchmark Egyptian index topped the 18,000 level, approaching record levels seen in April 2018, driven by local investors seeking to safeguard their savings from the pervasive effects of inflation. In the country, the annual urban inflation rate accelerated to 36.5 in July, up from 35.7 in the previous month consistently, surpassing the upper threshold of the central bank's target range of 5 to 9%. This marked the highest inflation rate since records commenced in 1958, led by a low base effect and an unprecedented surge in food inflation, which reached its zenith of 68.4% in July amid the persistent challenges posed by a crippling foreign currency shortage. Meanwhile, the Central Bank of Egypt unexpectedly raised its key overnight deposit rate by 100 basis points to 29 to 19.25%, elevating the key rate to its highest level since 1992 during its August 2023 meeting in an effort to curb inflationary pressures and anchor inflation expectations. And a quick trip around Africa, Norwegian entities as existing investors in more than 3GW of renewable energy projects in South Africa eager to facilitate more business between the two countries and further into the African continent, particularly as South Africa is undertaking regulatory reforms to liberalize its energy market. In a discussion hosted by Oslo headquartered renewable energy company Skartec, Norwegian ambassador to South Africa, Jamond Sither said, 
South Africa was a leader on the African continent, showing increasing potential for business-to-business cooperation. Scartec CEO highlighted that many things are happening in the South African market that are paving way for renewable energy penetration, not only in South Africa, but in other African countries. For Africa to transition to a green economy and meet climate goals, a lot of private capital is required, with many discussions globally taking place on what it will take to unlock that capital. There is still risk attached to investing in Africa, with political and credit payment risks standing out as the most prominent ones. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of The K Financial. If you have suggestions or just want to check out more stories, visit the website, that is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at The K Financial. And you can find me at Bithadong.